Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 95, how to be a product of your product. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Hey all, welcome to the podcast. And I wanted to introduce what you're going to hear today. This is actually the audio from our power group coaching call this week. So for those of you who are not familiar with the power group, I that's my paid membership where I train people on how to do food safety, right? And how to build and grow their business through through wealth and community and the compliance documentation that moves them forward, how to train themselves to control their thoughts so that they can create the freedom and opportunity that they always wanted when they were embarking on this amazing journey of making local food. And this week's episode is all about about how to be a product of my product. And I talk about this with folks all the time. And you're going to hear about this in the episode. And I wanted to bring it to you because it was especially important to me this week. And you'll hear why in the episode. And it's so important when the going gets rough. And for a lot of us, it's really pretty rough right now. But to remember that if you are focused on your customers, on your clients, on the difference you're making in the world, it really helps to keep you going. And the best way to do that is to make yourself a product of your product, to allow your product to to change you. Whether the product that you're going after is an SQF audit or a really new and amazing sausage. Like if you think about what your true north is, when I talk about, you know, true north and what your guiding principles are, very often when the going gets rough, you can turn to those and you can really see within yourself how you can let yourself guide you. Okay. There are some You know, this isn't actually a trigger warning, but I talk about a lot of really intense emotions. And I do that on purpose because when I talk about the intensity of my own emotions, I give everybody around me permission to have their own intense emotions. Y'all have your intense emotions, and today we just talk about them. And that's a vital part of being a product of your product. So... I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are curious about what it is like to work with me, then I urge you to book a a blueprint call and it's going to be a half an hour. Like that'll change your life. And working with me will be 90 days of life-changing work. And there are so many, there are so many things that we are out there that we are called to do. And I would be so appreciative if you decided to do them with me because we have a ton of fun and it's a super big adventure. So grab a pen and paper because that's what we do around here. Take notes and learn how to be a product of your product. Have a great week, guys. Because it's the fourth week of the month and today what we do is we talk. Okay. Um, Because today uh, in the fourth week of the month, it's all about customer value. And I'm going to share some stuff today. Um, And it...
and <laughs> I'm recording on my phone and my phone uh, doesn't turn off calls when I'm on Zoom. So if I go dark and you see my thumb on the, on the uh, camera, it's because I have a phone call coming in. That one was spam. Uh, so anyway, um, customer value. So in the fourth week of the month, we always talk about how are we delivering customer value. And I've got a couple of things to, I've got a couple of things to share um, and some things that we're doing here um, and things that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at and um, how, my, how, I, how I approach my thinking. Um, around customer value and your food safety story and your documentation. Um, but the first thing that I want to talk about today uh, um, is, uh, first of all, I want to invite everybody who's new. We've got a whole slug of new clients, so I so appreciate you being here, and I'm so grateful um, that you've decided to join us for your journey. This is probably unlike any other food safety journey you're ever going to take. <laughs> Uh, and that's on purpose because that's how we that's how we do it here, and it brings me it brings me to the point that I want to talk about today. In all of the things that we do, we are given an opportunity as as, as business owners or as as people who work for the small businesses that I coach and consult with. Right? I don't. There are no big old conglomerates here. Right? It's all we're all the you know same. I mean, some of us are bigger, some of us are smaller. <laughs> um, but we're all in a lot of the same spot in our in our business. That's how all these groups work. Like that's 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 who I coach, right? And everybody who I coach, whether you're in QA or in operations or you're the CEO, has a significant amount of responsibility in your business. You have a significant amount of say into how things go, um, and all of you, to a person, take an incredible amount of personal responsibility for doing the right thing the right way every single time that you do it. And that level of commitment is just who signs up with me, right? If you're not into that level of commitment, you're just not my client because you run, like people who aren't into that level of commitment run away and that's totally fine. And it's totally fine about your business too, by the way. Like your employees who are not up to that level of commitment, it's okay if they go serve somebody else, right? But the way that I talk about this is about being a product of your product, okay? Most of you all have amazing, if not all of you really, have amazing food, okay? And as I say, your product is always, your minimum viable product is not just the food, right? It's the food, you know, this, this visual, it's the food wrapped in an envelope of government regulations, wrapped in an envelope of market expectations. And, when you are a product of your product, it means that when you are approaching your government regulators and your government regulations and your market entities and your marketing and your customers and things like that, that you are a product of your product. You know, if you are somebody whose business is out there bringing um, a new conversation about local food, about your historic family recipe, about regenerative agriculture, about the possibility of local fisheries, about how to have a different conversation in cannabis. Like all of the things that my clients do, that you all do, right? You have an opportunity every single day and with every single piece of paper to be a product of your product. And what does that mean? 
well, I'm going to center myself here in the call for a moment because I think one of the things that I can do for you all best is when the going gets rough, be an example of leading from what is possible. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, the going is rough right now for me and for my family. Okay. A lot of the rough is something that I have chosen and I fully, um, I am fully on board with that. Some of the rough is stuff that I didn't choose. Okay. And that is being visited upon my head um, as I speak right now. My 19-year-old cat, my little orange cat, who you guys see on the calls, who I his name's Kobe, but I call him Food Safety Cat because he always wants to come on calls with me. He, I diagnosed him with GI lympho lymphosarcoma, so he's got he's got cancer in his gut, and he's kind of turning yellow, and he doesn't have a whole lot of time left, and he's at the ER right now, and they haven't called us back in 12 hours. <laughs> I'm assuming no news is good news, and they have other more critical patients. Uh, um, but, you know, like that's kind of rough, right? And it's on top of our living situation and our housing situation and, 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 and those sorts of things. And I, in all of the things that are happening to me, you know, and in all of the things that are happening to you, and, a, you know, like a shout out to all the parents, what are we doing about school? Right? My kids ask me every day, am I going back to school? And the answer is, is I frankly don't know because our school district hasn't made a decision yet. And it's July 28th, <laughs> right? Never in our history have we been confronted with this. Am I going back to school? We answered that once when we homeschooled, but we had a plan, right? And now we don't have a plan as much. And so in this, I, there are just a lot of choices that I can make. And when I was going through the house and we were on the phone and texting back and forth with some vendors that we are working with, I asked myself, how can I be a product of my product right now? How in what I am going through can I create wealth and community and compliance? Uh, and or in my case, in like my personal life, it's systems, right? How can I create wealth and community and systems? And 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 I can do that a lot of different ways. And and but that was the question that I asked myself. And then that is always that always brings me back to what is my purpose in the world and who am I right now? And y'all have heard me say before, my purpose in the world is leadership through love. And so then I ask myself, how can I lead through love in these dealings with these vendors that I am that I am having? How can I how can I lead with love here? How can I be compassionate and understanding both to myself and the and, and, and how I treat myself <laughs> and to the people who are out there who are not trying to do a bad job, but may um, not have the thoughts that create their reality to do the job that I need them to do, which is a fact of my life right now. <laughs> okay. And so what my brain told me, and I often go to, I often go to, you know, like various parts of my brain and say, what do I, what do I do when my brain said, Michelle, you need to talk about the cauldron of should. Um, so now in the coaching books and in the writing and stuff like that, in back in the second half of last year, if you guys go download those workbooks, I talk a lot about the cauldron of should. Um, okay. And the cauldron of should comes when we ask what happened. And instead of seeing it through a prism of integrity and acceptance and compassion, we see it through a 
lens of what should have happened, what should be happening. And it is a cauldron and it boils us alive. And if you think about a cauldron with a fire underneath it, okay, and sparks coming out of it, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, cauldron burn and cauldron bubble, sayeth the witches from Macbeth, that Scottish play. Um, when that cauldron is bubbling and boiling over, it's all the blame and all the embarrassment and all the shame and the anger that you feel when you think about what should be happening. And as I am fond of telling my uh, coaches, you know, when we get on the, we get on the phone and y'all are like, this shouldn't be happening. How do I know it should be happening? How do I know what I'm going through with these folks, what I'm going through with my cat? Okay, and to give you a little context, he's 19. He came to me two days before vet school started. He's been through everything. He went through my vet degree. He went through me getting married and me losing my dad and me having my kids and, and moves and, and, and just all the, I mean, like the past two decades of my life, my, my little orange cat's been there, right? And how do I know what, what is supposed to be, what is happening is what's supposed to be, is what should be happening is because it's, it's actually happening. And we only, when we argue with reality, we only lose 100% of the time. The re my reality is, is my cat's got cancer. Okay, he's 19. This is not unexpected. <laughs> my reality is, is that I've got vendors who did 80% of a good job and didn't do that rest to the 20%. And I suspect if you look at vendors in your life, if you look at employees in your life, that's probably pretty common. A lot of people are willing to do an 80% job and then are looking for another easy 20%. And around here, we don't do the easy 20%. I've never done the easy 20%. The easy 20% just does not exist in my life, right? It just doesn't exist. It didn't exist when, like ever. <laughs> and but what that means is, is when other people don't do the easy 20% or the hard 20% after, after doing kind of the easier, um, the easier 80%, I dive, I dive into the cauldron of should, and I'm like, nope, this shouldn't be happening. People shouldn't treat me that way on the phone, right? And then I feel all of this blame and embarrassment and shame and anger. And of course that comes across in what we call expressed emotions. No, I'm not mad at you. That's expressed emotion, right? You could be saying, no, I'm not mad at you. But that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not how you're coming across to the person that's standing in front of you. No, it's fine, I'll fix it. It's not fine, right? But leadership through love and the light and the vision that I am in the world says, before I open my mouth, I drop into that place in me that never changes where I am those things, no matter what is going on around me, right? And I can breathe in, like I can take a breath all the way down to my belly as opposed to my breath stopping at about the line of my necklace, right? And I can remember who I'm here to serve and how I can be a product of my client, of my product, even if I'm the only client, right? <laughs> you can always choose to be a product of your product and let your product change you, even if you're the only client, if you're the only customer. 
Because what happens is, is if you make that choice, you won't be your only customer because people are naturally attracted to the people who know that they're a product of their product. Providing their product is not a scam, right? Which none of your all's product is. Mine's not a scam. It's all good here, right? And so that gives you a choice. First, you have to actually recognize that you're in the cauldron of should, all right? And that in itself will like give you enough distance, okay? to recognize that you've got a choice, that you are not, and this is another thing, that you are not that blame and embarrassment and shame and anger when something goes wrong, when your employees screw up or when a piece of equipment fails and you've got to throw out hours and years and thousands of dollars of hard work. Animals' lives of hard work, right? You can recognize that that isn't you, that's a reaction that your brain is having because that's what brains do, trying to make sense of the world around what should be happening, right? And then you're given choices. You can either lead from your future self and the person that you are becoming and will be in the future, okay? Or you can lead from the person that you are right now and the person who you have been in the past. So to lead with your future self, you've got to choose. It's a choice to lead with your future self. Leading with your current self is a reaction, okay? Something goes wrong, a cooler goes down, a vendor doesn't deliver, a, a big client cancels, a big customer order goes poof, okay? You gotta go through a recall. You can, either, you can either be in reaction or you can choose, excuse me, to choose to lead with your future self. But to lead with your future self and to make that choice is to understand that you have to believe with no evidence a whole lot of things. You got to believe with no evidence that this is the exact right thing for you to be going through. You got to believe with no evidence when it is all going wrong that everything that is happening is supposed to be what's happening. <laughs> it doesn't decrease the intensity of the emotion. Ugh. It doesn't. I'm angry, guys. I'm pretty angry at those vendors. I'm angry at how they treated me and my vision and my possibility and the things around me. I'm angry at it. But that anger isn't me. And I don't have to be angry and suffer with that anger. I don't have to be embarrassed about my leadership and say I should have leaded better because that's a lot of what happens when things go wrong, especially with vendors or employees. A lot of us who've adopted leadership are like, nope, I should have led better than I did. And you shouldn't have led better than, than you did. I, you know, like if you give yourself the grace of having done everything to the best of your ability, it also allows you to give other people grace for having done to the best of of their ability. So it doesn't decrease the intensity of emotion, but it really does decrease the suffering, okay? And wouldn't it be nice if we all suffered a little bit less? And if you could, if you could decide to believe with no evidence, still experience that intensity of emotion and suffer less. And that's the choice I'm presenting to you today as you embark on your SQF audits, as you embark on your HACCP plans and preventive control plans and getting your businesses going or growing and scaling your businesses and serving the people that you were meant to serve. Blame and shame and humiliation are all gonna be a part of it huh? because that is a part of the human journey. And the question is, is what are you going to do about it, right? 
And are you going to allow yourself to be a product of your product and to allow your product to change you? Okay. I have said for the five years I have had my locker, the locker changes lives and it's changing mine right now. What's your equivalent? Are you going to allow your product, your amazing product that you've poured your whole humanness into to change lives because it deserves to change lives. My lives have been, my life has been changed because of the amazingness of your products, right? And the people that you are meant to serve, their lives can be changed as well. And so what that brings me to is our standard operating procedures. They're like, wait a minute, whoa, Dr. P, you were talking about changing lives and now you're talking about standard operating procedures. But here's the deal, are your SOPs, all those SOPs that y'all have downloaded from me, are they a product of your product? Are you allowing them to be a product of my product? <laughs> Which is okay, I always say, if you don't believe you can do this, borrow my belief in you, because I know every single person who's in this power group, okay? Every single one of you can be a product of your product and can make those SOPs your own. And one of the best ways to get your mind around how you're going to do that is to decide that every piece of paper that you interact with in your food safety tells your food safety story, okay? And tells the story of how you are creating massive value in the world how you are creating community and how you are in compliance. And that literally every single piece of paper, right? I don't have any SEOPs in front of me, but I sure got a lot of paper because my kids draw on them. But every single piece of paper, when it's signed in, when it's written well, when it's got a, a purpose and a scope and what happens when things go wrong, delivers massive overwhelming value to your community to your internal customers, the poor folks who actually have to read this stuff, to your auditors who have to try and decipher what the heck you are saying, all right, and are you doing what you said you would do? What if every single solitary sheet, what if you made the job, the results of every piece of paper that you signed in, every SOP that you signed in, um, to deliver massive customer value and to literally be worth thousands of dollars. Y'all pay thousands of dollars to work with me. What if every SOP paid you back for that thousands of dollars? And then you turn in turn used those processes to go out and make more thousands and thousands of dollars to create that wealth that we're always talking about, right? And so if you look at your receiving refrigeration and storage SOP, what I want you to ask yourself this week is how do I have the opportunity to serve my customers at the highest level and create thousands of dollars of value through this SOP? There are lots of different ways. There are lots of different ways. You create lots and lots of value when you drive waste out of your receiving refrigeration and storage SOPs, okay? If you are storing stuff you know you are never going to sell, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Even if you have to throw it in the garbage, just get rid of it, guys. It's fine. It's not do. it is literally garbage sitting there, okay? You know, you can do the whole Marie Kondo thing. You can 5S your facility, or you could just decide that the stuff you're not selling is sucking value out of your business. Okay. 
you could look at your refrigeration and you could decide that over refrigerating or under refrigerating, you guys mostly don't under refrigerate, but over refrigerating, not creating value in your business. Okay. If you're running your reefers or your 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 walk-ins or whatever at 34 degrees and you can run them at 38 degrees that marginal four degree difference is actually kind of big as you accumulate the um, as you accumulate the the kilowatt hours okay for running it where in your refrigeration in your cold storage or in your in your other dry storage or whatever where are you least wasting energy right do you give yourself an energy audit didn't talk about that in facilities last month but you could always give yourself an energy audit Okay, but approaching things from that that perspective of how is this SOP delivering massive value? How am I creating myself as a product of my product in this SOP will then always deliver massive value because y'all know how to create value in your SOPs and in your asset plans. You know how to create value, right? And maybe the language needs to be more clear. Okay, the language needs to be more clear. You know how you make the language more clear? You go to somebody who actually uses that document and say, did you understand this? Is this, was I clear here? Could this be worded better? And then you write down what they say. Very often when we're writing SOPs or doing work instructions or whatever, a lot of us have a lot of education and, or have done a lot of reading and we love long Latinate words, okay? I love, I'm as guilty as they come. I paid a lot of money for a lot of long Latinate words, <laughs> okay? <laughs> a lot of money for those words, uh, you know, and I, um, but they are often not useful. They are often not useful, right? And last year we did a project where my intern, uh, um, who now works for me and is amazing, how uh, she ran a lot of our, uh, a lot of our SOPs through a reading comprehension. And they were not quite as comprehensible as I wanted them to be. So we did a lot of rewriting and that sort of thing. And that was amazing, right? And um, it makes them even more useful because I've decided that HACCP plans and SOPs deliver amazing customer value out in the world. And I've built a whole business on it and you can build a whole business on it as well. Okay, so that's what I got for you from, I think I feel like I'm stepping off a soapbox or stepping, stepping back from the pulpit. A um, little bit preachy today. So I will um, see, okay, I'm going to try and take questions if you guys have questions. If I hang up on you, I'm super sorry. You can always email me your questions. <laughs> um, and so you can put stuff in the Q&A. You can put stuff in the chat and I'm super sure I can, I'm sure I can see it. Okay, um, and uh, if you do have a question and you want to come on, I think you can, you can uh, raise your hand and uh, I can call on you. Um, so there we go. All right. Well, we're not sitting around here in silence, so y'all know where I am if you need me. Um, August, uh, August stuff will be coming uh, this week to you. There is not a separate workbook in August. You guys got a summer workbook. Keep doing your summer workbook, answering those great SOP questions, thinking about what your SOPs are really actually doing. And next month we are doing preventive maintenance. So get those maps out. Mm -hmm. Get your map out. Say it the Indigo Girls. 
All right, you guys are all completely amazing, wonderful people. I am so grateful that you are in my life. I really, really am. I appreciate the trust that you have put in me with your business. Um, and I am so glad we were on this journey together. Have a week full of awesome guys. And I will, uh, I will uh, see you in August. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.